Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankleberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. Um, what did you study in school? Uh, well, it, it was it was a weaving path. You were a basket <laughs> weaver? All, yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. My, my journey through started out in uh, kind of undetermined. Then it went to engineering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I got, That narrows it down to like a lot. Yeah, electrical engineering, but that came from actually, I think, in my uh, in junior high school, I was in an electrical shop, oh, cool. and that had tinged me. And also the Radio Shack fifty and one experiment, electrical uh, electronics experiment kit. That mm-hmm. I, I got to build some circuits there, and that was pretty cool. cool. But uh, <clears throat> I first uh, realized that engineering was very tough, and <laughs> 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 took way too much, and had to. Uh, stop for a while and go work, mm-hmm. which uh, I did for a year or two, and then went back and uh, finished my electrical engineering degree in, uh, I think it was 1982. Yeah. And so I have a BSEE from the University of Texas. Wow. And that was a tough, tough uh, road. Like most most uh, engineers, I, I understood about 70% or 60 to 70% uh, in a four-year program took five five years or more yeah. to finish. You know, well, it's not you, that easy. Did you have one of those classmates? I, I also had a, it was a major and or the equivalent of a major uh, in electrical engineering in undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the classmates, he ended up being a Rhodes scholar. Um, wow. You know, we mm-hmm. had a, we had a project, we had a, you know, create a, mm-hmm. uh, find a, you know, design a circuit or, or you could, you know, pick one up out of a magazine somewhere and uh, do the circuit analysis and build it and then test it. Yeah. Was your circuit analysis correct? And that was the project for the, for the semester. So most mm-hmm. of us are designing, you know, um, two way lighting switch or some, you know, ridiculously simple things and maybe a right. resistor, maybe an RC circuit in it or something. Like that. <laughs> and and right. one of my classmates, um, the smart one, um, designed a equalizer wow <laughs> yeah. a, a audio equalizer an audio equalizer and then and then we had to make our own circuit boards we etched our own boards and cool. um, i remember going to new york city with them going through all of these old uh salvage yards for electronic parts he's looking for all these odd parts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and because he needed 14 of them or 16 of them or something like that so he could flush out the entire equalizer he ended up using it in his dorm room for his serial system. Cool. He got an A. That's right. He got an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have those guys that go well beyond what you, you know, the minimum and are just smart and, or it's fun for them. So yeah. they do that, you know, uh, as an enjoyment. And I liked it too. I mean, for me, Fortran was very frustrating and mm-hmm. yet I came out with an A because it was, <laughs> it was me versus the computer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I was gonna win. That's right. I, I had very similar experience. I'm back with, back when you had those little cards. You know, we had punch cards. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do remember those. Um, yeah, but the idea is, is that the reason I ask is I I was looking through, and I get recruiters contacting me 
almost every day mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. You know, do you are you interested? What latest one was for an eighteen month project uh, with Microsoft as a test yeah. engineer. And the yeah. whole description, it went on and on, on. The whole description was right. design tests to so that you can show that the design meets the specification. And I'm like, you guys, right. you know, I, I, that could be a whole episode all by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went on, you had to have a BS in this and so many years experience and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No. Right. You know you don't. And, and and this is kind of an argument in the industry, I think, that has been for a while that that hiring for, you know, specific uh, you know, he knows this system or this system, you mm-hmm. know, uh is really not as advantageous as hiring a person who's motivated and has learned things and has shown that they can pick up a you know, and, and learn something new. And it's, it's just a, and a good person gets well along with it either. That, thoughtful, those may be more important. You know, all these, you know, the soft skill yeah, type all stuff. Things, right. The soft skills, those could make, make a person more successful than just knowing exactly. And whether a degree is necessary for anything is it, depending on uh, really a lot of it's, whether it's highly technical, like uh, medicine or, um, you know, I definitely want uh, a doctor to have gone through a formal training, and uh, I definitely want engineers to have gone through. But I have known, and you may have known some engineers that are are titled engineers that don't have an engineering degree. Have you known those people that oh, are yeah. good? Yeah, I've yeah. known people that don't have an under. Like, I mean, I grew up in a house where my father. He didn't go to college. <clears throat> he took a few right. classes here and there, but he got licensed as an architect. You wow. Know? And, that's, you know, and that's a tough degree to get if you do get a degree. <laughs> right. No, but he got licensed in a number of different states and, you know, made a career out of it. It You know, he right. had to do a lot of right. work to get there, but he did. So you and, you and I know people that have, I knew Charlie Falcons, and if Charlie's listening, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. He was one that never, he helped Greg Hobbs in with the engineering of uh, pneumatic hammers for halt tables. And Charlie was br- you know, brilliant about this. He knew every, you know, how, how the pistons worked and he learned what he needed to know to make these things happen mm-hmm. and also reverse engineer. But he was one of the best I knew and he never got a college degree. Yeah. Now you ask, you know, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. Well, you got, I knew you were going to go there with those guys. Yeah, yeah. They're right, the right, exceptions to right, the okay. rule. Right, right. And they had people under them that had degrees that knew what to do and were highly technical. I don't know if Steve Wozniak uh, actually had a degree. But he learned, I think they, they he was in the little hobbyist club. Yeah. and they, But it was that. It was that curiosity and passion and desire to learn. Exactly. And you can go solve exactly. these things. And it exactly. makes for a good college. So I, 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 I mean, what prompted this? Yeah. What, what, what prompted this question is, is, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, um, I got a question. Should it, what's the value of a CRE certification from ASQ uh, overseas? And so I think Carl and I talked about that and the, but as I'm seeing job openings and they, and they list the it's boilerplate from the HR department, you need right, these degrees right, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, no, you don't. You already have a tough market and you're looking for somebody that's going to get, you know, 20 bucks an hour 
and they'd be better off working down at the grocery store because they're paying more than that these days to design test. And the other issue I had with this job opening, which is probably a whole nother episode, is we want you to design test to prove that the design meets specifications. Well, who cares? <laughs> One, do you have the right specification? Right. Two, yeah. you know, is it, is it what, yeah, it's just like, no, we don't design we don't build we don't <laughs> test in reliability that's just not the concept here guys you know no and no you can't test in reliability you can't test in reliability and i was like no that's just a place to not start and and so i like i wrote back to the recruiter saying one you didn't look at my resume two is you're if you really want to help your client help them figure out what they really need right um, which is not what you're asking for and right. so on. And one of the guys, and this is a guy I met when I was working at Microsoft. He was a contract guy there. And yeah. he I call him the super tech. This guy, he sounded like you're like Charlie. He was a guy that'd say, Hey, you know, we need to do this kind of thing to do mm-hmm. a stress test, basically. Right. And it was basically to find out how much stress happens when somebody steps on a product or sits on a product, you know, and is that a problem with ours? Are we anywhere close to this? And he went off and he found some strain gauges and a bunch of other stuff. And and he measured a bunch of there's three point bend tests basically, but we actually put the product on a couch and instrumented it and measured it. And you'd hurt, you'd break your butt bone before you'd break this product so we, you know it's all right we're good we got a lot of margin yeah, exactly. there exactly <laughs> exactly uh the user will probably stop before it before it hurts too much That's right. <laughs> but it was one of these things the the what we ended up doing is it was a plastic casing is we took it to fracture because we wanted yeah. to see if it would deform right under intense loads or would it right. shatter and have a bunch of sharp edges right and stepping on it with barefoot yeah, safety issue. So we kind of focused right. on that rather than right. how many times somebody's going to sit on it. Um, but the but the the idea of, I mean, there. Are, I, I was surprised when we were chatting just briefly before yeah. we started recording. It was like, well, who offers degrees in reliability besides Cal? So well, there's three reliability degrees just at University of Maryland from th- different departments. And there's University of Kentucky, I think it is, or Tennessee. Okay. Somewhere out there is one more maintenance. There's University of Arizona. And those are the ones off the top of my head in the U.S. There's Miami, uh, Toronto. There's a three or four universities in, right. in, in England. Um, right. There's a handful in in um, in China. One I actually taught a class at. Um, yeah. But they're all over the world. There's one in Norway. And they right. offer master's or, or PhDs in reliability engineering. And my... Yeah, and and Fred, the basic uh, thing I would ask them is, are they teaching methodologies on how to find unreliability, and are they teaching methodologies to, you know, do root cause analysis and teaching uh, some of the typical mechanisms? The problem I have is there's not any. <laughs> of course with, not. <laughs> with with, with uh, reliability. It is so. It can be so different from product to product, from uh, generation to generation. Uh, things that sneak in. There's. I rarely ever see a pattern like. I mean, the things that Cal's and these these uh, companies can address 
are essentially what are in, intrinsic wear out modes of devices and possibly, you know, some of the potential variations of those. But, you know, uh, right now, most of the articles I see from CALS, which is the one I do kind of follow, is uh, typical uh, issues with lithium-ion batteries. That's yeah. a big focus right now. Yeah. And that's that's smart. That's good. That's great because, you know, they are a limitation in all uh, electronic battery-operated products, and we're all looking for the better battery hopefully in the future. Yeah. But um, those kind of things are, are typical patterns, but you can't go, you know, they don't address manufacturing variation or manufacturing excursions or things that really uh, are the joy. They, my, yeah, they have. Um, I, I remember going back with uh, uh, multi-layer ceramic capacitors and okay. different manufacturing processes. And it, what I learned right. there was that when I go to our uh, factories making these capacitors for us. Right. I knew exactly what to look for because I knew more about their process and the failure mechanisms okay. that come from it than they did. And it was because of CALS, the work done at CALS to understand variations of temperatures, variation of pressures, right. variations of materials mm -hmm. and centering and variations mm -hmm. and all kinds of purities. Right. And I could ask questions and these guys were looking at me like, how the hell do you know that? I'm like, well, I read the paper. You know, I didn't write it. I read it. Read it. No, and it told you what what the variables are and yeah. uh, some of the mechanisms and you know, um, multi-layer ceramic MLCCs are very very scattered through all over the electronics industry. I mean, there are <laughs> so many applications, everything, and they're tiny little O four O two you know type chips, even smaller, smaller now. than a grain. Yeah, smaller than a grain of rice. So, uh, and they're manufactured in billions at a time, you know, they're mm -hmm. just like chips, <laughs> they're just billions. So trying to control the kind of, uh, variation in those processes, that's, you know, that's certainly part of the manufacturer's responsibility. But, um, one time I had a bunch of, uh, reactors, uh, come in and, uh, they'd all blown up inside the, inside the encapsulant, <laughs> but, uh, they were still working cause they were reactors and they didn't have current running through them. They were only used to have a variable act as a variable capacitor, mm -hmm. uh, electrically. And so, you know, but that was just a one time, uh, lot of variation that somebody, when you're making thousands of these 0402 reactors, in a you know big tape reel, uh, it could be that the tester had a ESD or uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know some kind of transient that causes these things to burn up, but yet still function. Uh, I mean, uh, destroy the wire to the diode, but actually conduct voltage to the diode to so it function. Yeah. Now there's 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 a story behind every one of these. Yeah, you know, we exactly. could go on and on and we have on on these. But the idea is is that you don't need a degree to ask good questions doing root cause analysis, you know, but if you get into the material science of it, having somebody that really understands material science of ceramics comes in pretty handy because they have it a does. different view on it. it so does. But I'd also couple that with the field experience or experience in reality. In, in other words, having experience in the industry or learning on their own or actually doing a SCM, you know, mm. analysis, uh, scanning and optical microscopes and measurements and things like that. That's mm -hmm. a, you know, really leads to a lot other than just the mathematics and calculations behind it. But, you know, experience, I'd say, uh, and 
as you talked about previously with the other employees, somebody who has a drive to just exp- ask the questions, why? Why did this fail? Yeah. Why did that happen? And, you know, the five or 10 or 15 questions it takes to get to the answer. Yeah. And, and, and that's really a part of it is having experience in what has been unreliable, uh, why it's been unreliable, and uh, where those things can occur, you know, in the design and in manufacturing process. That's the most important thing. And so experience in um, doing, you know, an FA lab, I would hire somebody that had FA experience. Yeah. Um, I would hire somebody that had a field service experience, went out like I did and, and installed and serviced equipment. Oh, that's convenient. You'd hire yourself. Okay. I get it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've, no, I've, no, no, I've that, never been an FA. I've never been no, an but FA. But you've done plenty of it and you've worked with plenty of processes to I've sort that out. I've yeah. worked with so, FA engineers, right. Now, as you know, in the earlier discussion, I think it was with Carl about uh, ASQ uh, CRE yeah. certification. Yeah, a degree, whether it's in reliability engineering or not, and I have a whole different take. I I think you need product or plant, you know, facility. You need experience and a degree in that area that you're going to be working in, um, with practical experience on the floor, or in the lab or wherever. Then go into reliability and get your degree. I think is a much more powerful pass because just like any of these programs, agreed, agreed. Just because you went to the right school and you got right. the right degree, right? You might be an absolute bummer, you know, horrible programmer or or <laughs> engineer or you know surgeon or whoever. Yeah, you can be really really bad at it. The idea of a yeah. degree, in at least my limited understanding of it. It, it yes. exposes you to things that you didn't know existed. Here's here's some books. Here's some stuff. Here's some things. Here's some ideas. Right. It gives you exposure to things. And the same with the certification program. It says here's a range of different things that are available. And mm-hmm. we know some of those are good and some are crap. But some the, of them are misleading too. Yeah, there's all that crap. But the, but the idea is is that if somebody goes through university and is just when I had classmates like this, they would they would <laughs> stay up all night, learn exactly what they needed for the test, right. and then never knew right. anything else about that topic afterwards. Right. Right. I mean, right. I had one guy who was a you know an honor student, so to speak, um, in getting straight A's, and he's in advanced civil engineering because it was the easiest mm-hmm. degree at the school, and he didn't know calculus, mm-hmm. and he was worried about it being on one test, so he's come back over to me to help get him tutored just for that test at the end of the quarter. Like, All right. I, you're going to go yeah. out and design stuff? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and employers yeah. can see through that pretty quick. When you don't put substance behind your resume, just because you have a BS in electrical engineering, if you don't know when end of the, where to put your finger or not put your finger, <laughs> an eye voltage circuit, um, well, yeah, your degree is not worth the paper it's written on. And so right. I think there's, there's that issue. Right. It's, it's, you know, school gives you uh, uh, lots of understanding and, and your degree is in physics and statistics, as I understand it, right? Masters, yeah, masters in physics. Master, right. Masters right. in physics with a, a double major with electrical engineering and a masters in statistics. Right. So, uh, you know, the engineering part uh, really helped you. And, and none of them were, you know, that, that was, it's all kind of, I'd say a guy that knows physics 
and the material science is also excellent. But there, there is the ideal of college or the ideal of school because they can only teach what you know is kind of the nominal things. Um, but uh, as far as practical knowledge and getting in there and getting to work with people and and you know uh, realizing that sometimes the unreliability or reliability is caused by mistakes by people mm -hmm. and they certainly are one to protect themselves from being blamed so that's a you know especially the reliability it's a very tricky area to to be you have to be diplomatic in some ways um but but the real understanding of it is in getting into your uh, company and knowing that product because there's so much i mean from down help down well logging oil well logging equipment mm -hmm. to uh space you know aircraft uh jpl you know nasa stuff uh it, they're just going to be different worlds and the realities uh aren't covered in in um in school i mean you well, know those you know, are but it's it's one of those where if you're taking a class if you're sitting in any class it's and right. it's it's over the top theoretical it's it's a fair question to say, how in the world am I ever going to use this? What is the point of learning <laughs> this if I can't use it in the real world? You know, because it's the fourth order, you know, nano flip on a bio bot over in the left hand corner or something. And nobody in the world is there. Now, if you want to become the expert, world's renowned expert in just that and hope it becomes a product someday. Yeah. You know, you're in good shape. Good. But yeah. the idea is, is that, um, and I agree with you, is, is the degree... I mean, when it's done well, when you actually are inquisitive and, and want to learn and pick up lots of information and learn the language right. of these different disciplines and techniques and models, you, you can walk into to a problem and go, oh, we need that this process or here's a good place to start or here's a way to look at it or here's something right. I learned about material science that might let's go to the right. lab and figure it out. Right. And it just gives you another set of perspective that you can draw on to to help solve problems or to avoid problems but the other thing that right. a degree does and it's been part of our society for a while is that it it gets past the filters for job applications if they're say we want a bs in electrical engineering you have a bs in mechanical engineering the machine's going to kick you out as going not qualified even though right. all your experience is electrical engineering, all your resume exactly. talks about all that stuff, all right. your background for 40 years is designing exactly. electronic circuits, right. it won't get past the bot, you know? It, right, right. So part of it is, is it's a part of the degree, it's part of this other thing. Um, the resume is not the end all for everything. It's make sure that your, your, your online resume is, is solid if you're looking for a new position. But once you get that interview, you got to, Talk, walk the talk, I guess, is there, or talk the walk, what's, whatever the phrase is. <laughs> you know, you got to ask intelligent questions. You got to, you know, answer with, based on your experience and be honest and truthful. This is the way you approach it. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. of those things matter. Degree, to some extent, if taken advantage of, is a point in your life when you can dive into books. You can ask all kinds of questions. It's a safe place for you to just absorb knowledge. And right. Too many people, in my opinion, waste that time. And 
then their degree is not worth anything. And then they struggle to find a job or keep a job when somebody says, hey, I need you to design this test or this circuit or whatever. And they don't know the first thing about it and don't want to learn. They're out yeah, of Yeah, that's why I think University of, I think Cincinnati had a, has many engineering cooperative uh, degrees mm-hmm. where the students actually work inside the factory. I mean, yep. they actually, and that to me would be a huge advantage oh, yeah. that they come out with already some industry experience. Yep. And that's what, you know, so many kids right out of college are missing. And there's so many other things beyond the technical. <laughs> but you should know the reflow temperature of uh, lead solder and lead free solder. You should know some of the tech, you know, some of the actual, uh, specifications and materials so you know yeah but you and i don't we both use solder over our lives and all kinds of industries and products and so on but neither one of us i think can explain at the mic the metallic or the material science level what is eutectic right right i I don't i i kind of know what it is it (laughs) kind of melts all at once yeah but why or how that does it i don't really exactly But do I need to know? No. If no. I do, I'll go to somebody that's a solder. I'll go to the solder company. Well, or I'll well go I don't know if you get an answer there or not, but I know some people <laughs> that would probably know. Right. So, right. But the so idea, you, anyway, so do you need a degree? No. Maybe. Maybe. Because <laughs> if the place you want to work and they won't talk to you unless you have a degree, well, then you need a degree. Um, right. But your experience and your abilities and all those things really count for one, that you master the material, take advantage of it. And two is that you can demonstrate that you have this information. Having a degree that's just not worth the paper it's on is, well, not worth the paper it's on. So, yeah. Well, you're right. And engineering is a great place to start. Almost any engineering degree uh, is a great place to start for reliability for me, right. whether mechanical, electrical, uh, chemical. You know, Software. there's a lot of software engineering right um and then getting into a company is and and learning and finding out why things fail if you're into reliability that's the first place to look is their records if they have them yep yep anyway anyway, so that's the some rant there about degrees but uh, hopefully (laughs) it makes some sense so if you got a degree or not uh you know and any questions around this or some thoughts or comments on it, let us know. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And there you can find a, a widget to leave us a voice message, or you could uh, write us a comment or a question. Find Kirk and I and the other hosts of the show on LinkedIn or on our about pages on Ascendo. And we look forward to hearing from you, as I say regularly. So yes. We really do. <laughs> we We love questions and we love answering and, We'll talk to you uh, any day about reliability, uh, and we love talking to each other about it. Yeah, well, yeah, we've been doing it for a while, haven't we, Kirk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's always a, a dynamic, uh, you know, thing in the industry is is how products are becoming more robust, and uh, we're getting better. I think the industry is getting better. Yeah, I agree. All right, thanks, Kirk. Have a great rest right. of your day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. Please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.